Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Explaining History podcast, and today I'm going to talk about something that's perhaps a little off the beaten track, uh, a little less well known. It is um, a hidden history of Franco-British cooperation uh, over Vietnam in 1947. Um, In order to understand this, we need to kind of go back a few stages. Um, Okay, so by 1945... It was British soldiers that had uh, liberated the former French colony of Vietnam. Uh, Chinese nationalists, the Kuomintang Chinese armies liberated the north, uh, and the British crossed uh, into the south, um, uh, led by a a General Gracie. Um, One of the reasons why the British um, liberated Vietnam um, was that they intended to return it to the French as quickly as possible. The difficulty that the British saw was that a Vietnam that was an autonomous, independent state would um, only fuel the fires of national independence movements in Malaya, in Singapore, Burma, and other parts of the uh, the, the Golden Crescent, all the way to, to India. And by 1945, despite all Britain's difficulties in India, it was by no means a given in the eyes of the British that India was lost. French colonists uh, from 1940 onwards had become progressively more so the prisoners of the Japanese who first established themselves in Vietnam and then later, by the end of 1940, have completely seized control of the country uh, as a result of the, uh, the fall of France in in Europe. It's this seizure of all of Vietnam that um, causes President Roosevelt to initiate uh, sanctions, initiate uh, an oil embargo. And it was the oil embargo that um, in, uh, puts Japan in many ways on a collision course with America believing that in order to survive, uh, the oil fields of the Dutch East Indies must be seized, and in order to do that, the US Pacific fleet must be destroyed. So, as a result of the loss of uh, Vietnam, um, the national humiliation of defeat by uh, Germany 
and four years of occupation. Uh, and also um, the, the added shame of being liberated by uh, the British, by perfidious Albion, as so many uh, nationalist uh, and colonialist French uh, saw their kind of best friend and enemy. Um, the need for some kind of uh, reassertion of French national pride, particularly uh, French masculine uh, national pride was a priority in 1945 when the uh, French um, colonists in Vietnam were liberated from uh, from prisons. By and large, it would have been Indian soldiers, British Indian soldiers, um, who would have done the liberating. Um, and if you imagine the uh, racist colonialist attitudes of many of the French colonists, to be uh, incarcerated by the Japanese, to be liberated by Indian soldiers, and then to find out that it had been uh, the uh, Vietnamese themselves that had done a bulk of the fighting, the guerrilla fighting, against the uh, Japanese during the war, aided by that other Bet Noir um, America, really places the the self-esteem of many of these colonists right at the uh, right at the bottom the british um, hastily return control of vietnam back to the um, french colonists um, in the south in the north the conditions exist for a uh, democratic republic of vietnam to emerge once the uh, Chinese nationalists withdraw. The Chinese are not considered by many Vietnamese to be liberators. China has a long and unpleasant track record in Vietnam and the occupation coincides with and to some degree causes a famine in North Vietnam um, which is uh, obviously Japan has a, a huge amount of responsibility for uh, as well. So the conditions for uh, the beginnings of the Civil War, which begin in December 1946, are there. However, it's remarkable how moderate the approach of um, Ho Chi Minh and the Vietnamese Communist Party and the other uh, Vietnamese nationalist and national liberation organisations are. Uh, most of them... And you have to imagine the communists are the most radical of those, but even they propose remaining as an autonomous state within a French empire. The uh, government of Georges Bidon uh, in uh, France delegates to the uh, colonial authorities in French Vietnam an immense amount of power to bargain and negotiate and determine the the course of events. Uh, there were already negotiations happening at Fontainebleau in Paris, and those negotiations appeared to be reaching some kind of um, cordial separation between France and uh, Vietnam. But the uh, government had appointed High Commissioner Georges Thierry d'Argenlieu was a man of enormous uh, obstinacy and uh, intransigence. 
He was a former Carmelite monk. Uh, during the war, he'd become an admiral of the Free French Navy. And he'd spent most of the war uh, governing the South Pacific colony of New Caledonia. Um, his um, intransigence, his obduracy, had uh, alienated pretty much uh, every party involved there, including particularly uh, the, uh, the Americans. Um, the embattled and threatened um, colonists reacted um, in the way that colonists invariably do when colonial rule is threatened or challenged, uh, with a, a sense of siege and a sense of uh, need for resistance. And in D'Argenia, they found their, their hero. Um, he was uh, surrounded by um, those who kind of uh, advocated a similar kind of stubbornness um, and who were almost dissenting from the line that was being suggested by Paris itself. And D'Argenia effectively sabotages uh, the diplomat diplomatic efforts made between the French government and um, the representatives of the new uh, Republic of Vietnam. Um, he creates a, an autonomous republic in Vietnam, the Republic of Cochin, China. And the reason for doing this was to throw a spanner in the works of any diplomatic efforts uh, by the, the, the Vietnamese. Um, it was a way of threatening, potentially, uh, a breakaway republic in Vietnam, because obviously Vietnam had always been a federation of uh, different uh, different states with uh, within one uh, overall colonial polity. Whilst negotiations about Vietnam's future were happening in Paris, D'Argenlia organised in July a, in 1946 a meeting at the resort of Dalat. Um, you with only uh, hand-chosen representatives from the parts of Vietnam that were still under French control. And the conference was there to determine the nature of a future France. And the only role this conference had was to torpedo negotiations, because the Vietnamese in Paris could turn around and say to the French government, it doesn't matter what's agreed here, uh, D'Argenia has already planned something else for um, Vietnam, that is not in our interests. This led to the breakdown of the Fontainebleau talks, um, and it also led almost um, automatically um, to the decision by the military commander of the Democratic Republic of Vietnam in December 1941 to start a military offensive in Hanoi, um, where the uh, Viet Minh obviously had... Uh, guerrillas and agents already stationed. So there was a justification, uh, a thin veneer of justification by the likes of Darjanya to say the Vietnamese started it. But really it was a war was being engineered uh, by the French colonists in order to destroy the possibilities of a peace process that would see a gradual withdrawal of their power. They thought that they could push war to the point whereby it presented them with an opportunity to finally uh, destroy the opposition. Uh, it was a, a colossal misjudgment, and obviously 
uh, within eight years has led to the end of all French rule in Vietnam. The next part of the story involves Britain's Labour Party. So in 1946, Britain uh, appointed a new commissioner um, to uh, govern uh, and to coordinate um, the colonies, uh, the British colonies that would um, exist uh, within Asia after the loss of India. This job fell to, fell to uh, Lord Killern, um, who'd been the Egyptian High Commissioner during the war, um, and then he was quickly replaced by Malcolm MacDonald. Uh, Malcolm MacDonald was the son of Ramsay MacDonald. Um, he was uh, an energetic and uh, quite a charismatic figure, um, and he had overall kind of a, a big picture for the development of Malaya and the development of uh, Singapore um, and possibly even uh, even Burma. Um, but mainly uh, Malaya and, uh, and Singapore, uh, the idea that these that they would be modernised and uh, brought into the kind of the, the 20th century in much the same way that uh, Labour were hoping to modernise Britain uh, with um, huge spending, state spending and uh, tax raising powers and the ability to create um, infrastructure, roads, harbours, um, docks, railways, houses, uh, th this sort of kind of, the, the kind of stuff that Joseph Chamberlain had proposed at the turn of the century um, of in kind of improving the stock of the imperial I estate uh, with an element of kind of imperial social democracy injected in that. There's some really, really great stuff written about this particular topic in um, Forgotten Wars by uh, Tim Harper and Christopher Bailey. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The difference with France is that France was seeking to re-establish itself colonially whereas Britain had succeeded in doing that at the end of the, the Second World War. 
in Malaya. Um, it's not to say that there wouldn't be significant challenges ahead for the British, but certainly they didn't actually have to reconquer parts of the territory. Um, that meant that the French colonial administrators were of an entirely different mindset to the likes of MacDonald, um, and they had entirely different priorities. They actually had significantly more power. Um, the British, um, uh, Malcolm MacDonald, uh, as the special commissioner, didn't have executive powers, so which means essentially he couldn't do just what he wanted. He needed to get that authority from London. Whereas D'Argenlier uh, and those like him were able to make spontaneous and far-reaching and often catastrophic decisions of their own. Um, the French looked to the British to help them re-establish control over uh, Vietnam uh, in 1946. At um, the, uh, the time, the British were highly suspicious of French intentions, knowing that there was a, a small coterie of individuals around Dargenia who were simply planning for war. Um, the British, uh, the relationship between the British and the French in 1946-47 is enormously strained over events in the Middle East. The British um, really forced, the, forced the, the removal of France from Syria and the, the French eventually paid the British back in kind uh, by um, helping the Jewish terrorists, the Irgun, to uh, blow up the King David Hotel in Jerusalem. Martin Thomas, in his excellent book, Fight or Flight, uh, explains some of these um, political manoeuvres. He writes, Little wonder that after France and Britain signed their first peacetime alliance of the 20th century, the Treaty of Dunkirk, on the 4th of March 1947, French officials in Saigon tried to enlist Britain's support for their efforts to defeat the Viet Minh. The British response was understandably cautious. The Foreign Office offered only informal exchanges between authorities in Malaya and Indochina. Some swapping of intelligence and the occasional tour de raison uh, between uh, Lord Killen and Dargenia. Having just extricated British Indian occupation forces from southern Vietnam, there was no appetite for any kind of strategic partnership to fight anti-colonial insurgencies throughout the region. Earlier, on the 26th of January 1947, barely a month into the military operations against Ho Chi Minh's forces, French liaison officers in Singapore petitioned Killen for large quantities of British arms and ammunition. He was reluctant to comply, telling his foreign office masters that overt material support for the French war in Vietnam will land us in extremely deep waters. British war material previously sent to assist ill-fated Dutch military actions in their vast colony of Indonesia, as well as French military overflights over India and Burma, were painful sources of political embarrassment. Why risk more Asiatic opprobrium when... As one foreign office specialist commented, the future is with the native peoples throughout the Far East. The Admiralty and War Office agreed. It was unwise to waste British equipment on dubious colonial military ventures that only complicated matters in Britain's turbulent Asian empire. Only Foreign Secretary Bevin demurred. What about the imminent treaty? What about the needs of a friend, an ally, and a fellow colonial power facing attacks organised by a native leader, Ho Chi Minh, he was a Moscow-trained communist. Not for the first time, Attlee, Clement Attlee, British Prime Minister, stepped in with a compromise solution. Britain could supply military aid 
to mainland France. Where it went thereafter need not be advertised. So there you have some interesting, interesting uh, Anglo-French developments as uh, concerns uh, colonialisation or the uh, retention of colonies. The British and the French um, had had famously fractious relationships in large part because of Charles de Gaulle during the Second World War, but also decisions such as Britain's decision to, or Churchill's decision, to um, sink the French fleet at Mers el Kabir um, after the fall of France. Decisions during the war taken by the British and the French that affected um, French North Africa or colonies like Madagascar um, were of I Im immense uh, kind of um, irritation and anger to the likes of de Gaulle. And by uh, the end of the Second World War, far from there being kind of warm, cordial colonial uh, relations between the British and the French, uh, there is, despite the um, uh, victorious allies, there is a kind of a great deal of kind of uh, anger and resentment, and a sense that even though France was defeated in 1940, and there was a belief by um, Charles de Gaulle that at the end of the Second World War, that the the big three should be the the big four, and that de Gaulle um, should have a seat at the table with Roosevelt, Churchill and Stalin. If you ignore the fact that even Churchill was being turfed out of that um, big three uh, in, by 1945, it makes uh, de Gaulle's ambitions hopelessly unrealistic. Uh, de Gaulle was um, disliked by Roosevelt. Roosevelt suspected that he would become a, a potential future dictator of France, um, and Stalin held him in, uh, and France in general, in, in contempt for France's um, it sort of knockout by Germany in the summer of 1940. Um, Stalin essentially said that why, why the French should be given anything at all was a mystery to him. So um, France's wounded national pride and the uh, difficulties of wartime alliances between two countries that um, are traditionally more suited to imperial rivalries, the, uh, the British and the French, um, that exploded into um, almost low-level low um, partisan warfare between the two countries in the Middle East, then suddenly produced this rather kind of quasi-cordial understanding uh, about the um, importance of tacitly helping France in Vietnam. Well, how can we explain that? Well, it, it, it's a kind of a, a level of cynicism, I suppose, that um, those who are not involved in the um, business of administering empires perhaps rarely, rarely encounter. But it was in the interests of the British to help their, in commas, as Bevan put it, friends in Asia, because the British were well aware that what might present replace the French might be possibly Soviet influence. After 1949, the fear is that it might be Chinese uh, Chinese Communist influence, and that um, it was better to have the French, who you vaguely understood and got on with to some extent, than a Soviet satellite state, uh, a national independence movement seizing power,
and encouraging um, others to flourish uh, across the region. It was also a recognition of British vulnerability after the, uh, after the loss of India. When India becomes independent, the British will not have the kind of um, manpower, particularly, that they could wield in Asia. Instead, the British will be on a much shakier footing uh, in trying to hang on to its Asian colonies or what's left of them. And the, uh, the thing about the, the Golden Crescent that ran from Singapore to, to Burma is that a huge amount of the British Empire's um, total wealth was concentrated into that area with cash crops like rice, tea, um, opium and rubber. Um, that uh, supplied uh, world markets. So it really was a huge consideration to, to try to hang on to these colonies uh, as much as possible. And Labour knew that um, a Britain that had lost its colonies would find it much, much harder to rebuild at the end of the Second World War. So playing clever and being able to, even though there was animosities towards France and vice versa, being able to manage those and to get from the situation the optimum state of affairs for Britain was really the kind of key. It's interesting to kind of compare and contrast um, 1946 to say 1956. 1946 was uh, an era in which both the British and the French, while they thought that they had had setbacks as a result of the Second World War, were aware uh, or believed passionately that these could be mitigated and uh, reversed and that there was every opportunity and every chance uh, that the British would be able to, uh, particularly the British, would be able to hang on in Asia. Ten years later, and after Britain and France's final imperial wheezed together, the Suez Crisis, following the outcome of that, it became abundantly clear that um, the imperial game was over for Britain uh, and for France as well, but particularly for, for Great Britain. The French uh, had uh, another roll of the dice left in, uh, in Algeria. Um, in the, uh, of course, the Suez Crisis comes two years after France is forced out of um, Vietnam in 1954 um, and was another attempt trying to reassert some kind of uh, colonial uh, control and some kind of um, uh, Philip to French national pride once more. So the, there was a, a, an unlikely source was the, uh, the memoirs of uh, Margaret Thatcher, in fact, who wrote that after 1956, the um, belief that British uh, government officials had in colonial, um, in, in Britain as a world power, uh, Britain's ability to engage in colonial adventures had drained away, or understandably so. Uh, it was uh, her contention that the uh, the Falklands War had really, in the 1980s, had really re revived that spirit, which was um, obviously a kind of uh, uh, a rather absurd uh, mirage um, and an attempt to kind of uh, revive something which was long dead. Anyway, um, let's finish there, and thank you very much for listening, and I will catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.